Ready? Oh! Here we go again. Gonna wake up the downstairs neighbors. Don't let me beat you up. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody don't know anything at all. All right, you are listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And for those of you that are uh, tuning in here, may not be aware, this is actually a special recording session. We're we're doubling up today. We are. It's almost <laughs> as if we are teaming up. It's almost as if we have <laughs> teamed up to to bring justice and truth to the universe and fight robots. And fight robots because they're awful and I don't understand them because I'm an old Norse god and I don't understand things. So robots. Those guys are dicks. That's a pretty good Thor, actually. No, nah, I could definitely do Chris Hemsworth voice double if I ever needed to. If he ever needs a voice double, if his voice gets tired of being sexy, I'm on it. <laughs> Watch out. In case you guys are listening to this as the newest newest episode that's popped up in your subscription feed or whatever, you may Ba-boom. notice there's another one. <laughs> you may notice there's another one, same date, uh, titled Balls and Bitches. This is actually essentially part two for us today. We just finished a interesting episode, and <laughs> uh, it it has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about here. But definitely, there was uh, there was. There shall murder. be no talking of. There shall be no talking of balls and bitches here. Yes, yes. Uh, preferably minimal talking of balls and bitches here. Plenty of balls and bitches in the previous episode called balls and bitches. Get um, your fix and, uh, there. And also some. Some splattery murder, so you'll know what we mean when you check that one out. But this, <laughs> this, is true. this is an all nerd episode. Pretty much, there's too much. There's just too much happening right now in the in the life and times of uh, of well, my people, that we had to do a whole episode for this. It has been a most momentous of months for nerddom. Yeah. But no, it's been it's been great. I've been enjoying the shit out of it, and there's more to come. We still have later in the year. We've got Ant Man and Star Wars, but for now, mm. and not to mention Mad Max, which we should talk a little bit about here. Mad Max bit. looks awesome. Great reviews looks, out for it so it far. Looks so good. Yes. Um, actually, you know what? Screw it. Let's start there. Let's okay. get that done because I I'm, I have some questions. I okay. Our listeners may not know this. I don't remember if we've actually outed me on the show for this, but I'm a nerd. Mm. I'm also uh, I'm also an actor, and uh, I love movies and TV. We've kind mm-hmm. of established all that, right? I believe that's well established, yes. What we may or may not have established is that for being a person with those claimings, I also probably hold an unofficial record for most movies I really should have seen but have not seen. Yes, you are Things definitely a Guinness record holder for that. Yeah, I mean, there's pretty much what I always tell people after about the third or fourth time they reference a movie and I go, yeah, I actually haven't seen that. I just start to tell people, assume I haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of movies, but apparently I have not seen more. Yes. So... I, to add to that list, uh, I have actually not seen uh, the original Mad Max. Mm. 
So my question is, is this a retelling of the old story or is this a new iteration? Because I was curious. I w almost wanted to watch the old one, too. But if it's the same story, I wouldn't want, you know, the, the overall storyline spoiled for myself on the new one. It is not a retelling. It is a completely new Mad Max. The thing with the Mad Max movies is they're sort of like the James Bond movies. You okay. can start watching, and they don't really reference anything to the other ones. It's pretty rare. Okay. And now that they've kind of rebooted, like the other three were with Mel Gibson, and now it's Tom Hardy. I'm sure they've changed a lot, like, and that it's not related to the first round at all. It's, it's the same world, you know, and the, the same, same character? character. Same character of Mad Max. So, I mean, if you want to know, like, he just basically doesn't give a fuck. That's, like, his thing. And then someone comes along, and he's like, oh, now I give a fuck. And then I'm back to not giving a fuck. So that's basically Mad Max. What that's all you need originals? to know. Uh, there was Mad Max, the first one, which was like this low-budget Australian movie back in the, I want to say, like early 80s, late 70s. Uh, then there was a second one, uh, The Road Warrior. Or wait, no, the first one was The Road Warrior. Then there was Mad Max. And then there was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, my personal favorite, where like mm. Tina Turner is the queen of this, like, these all these mutant people and Mad Max has to like face off against them against them in this arena called Thunderdome. It's pretty amazing. Um, cool. Uh, so that's basically. I mean, there's again, there's no plot uh, beyond. There's like basically what I've heard about the new Mad Max Fury Road is that the entire movie is a chase scene. Like really? it starts off with Mad Max. Is, I'm not. I'm not gonna you know spoil anything here, but the Mad Max somehow meets up with these women that are fleeing from a bad guy. And he decides he gives a fuck, probably because Charlize Theron looks really hot bald. And so he's like, I got to help you know, <laughs> bald Charlize Theron get to safety. And so he's trying to help them get to safety and they've got to get away on this road. I'm guessing it's called Fury Road. Just <laughs> I don't know. This is me making shit up. And there's all these guys chasing them. And that's it. Like that's you. Yeah, I've just told you what happens in the movie uh, beyond whether they get away or not. That's sort of why you should go and check it out. But right. it looks amazing. Like the movie, just if you haven't seen the oh, trailer, go look it up because it looks, it looks awesome. And then all the reviews of it have been that it is just like it's it's straight up awesome B movie storytelling. It doesn't have like you don't have to worry about Mad Max having some moral conundrum or there's no Transformers moment where they go to China for no reason. <laughs> there's no product tie in. It's just, hey, this guy needs to get away from these guys. Holy shit. I mean, it's like Die Hard. Die Hard is an awesome action movie because it's, hey, this guy's a normal dude. He's stuck in a tower with some terrorists. Damn. Like, that's it. Like, action movie mm -hmm. plots have gotten more and more ridiculous. And Mad Max is a nice throwback to, hey, there's a bus. If it drops below 55 miles per <laughs> hour, we're fucked. So do something about that, Keanu Reeves. That's it. That's all you need with an action movie. Like, so... So I'm kind of looking forward to it just because it's sort of a throwback to that kind of style of action movie. Okay. You're right, though, about the trailer. It looks fucking amazing, and it yeah. looks so good. It looks so good that it actually, that's what made me feel like I want to check out the originals. I know they're not going to be nearly as good, but yeah. seeing, like, I never have had an interest, and seeing that literally made me go, damn, I kind of want to go watch those. If you can watch Thunderdome on the big screen, I highly recommend it. I first time I saw it was on my tiny ass TV, and then um, uh, actually when we after we moved down to LA from Oregon, I found a theater that was showing it, and I went, and I was like, "Holy cow!" On the big screen, it's a whole other movie. So that's also a reason to maybe go see Mad Max Fury Road in theaters. Is it's gonna look 
awesome on the big the biggest screen you can find <laughs> would probably be the place to see it. So I'm I'm going to see it in IMAX. I want to see it in IMAX really bad. So nice. Well, speaking of IMAX, I I've seen this next movie we're going to talk about twice already. Twice and and that's actually. That's actually not even fair for when this episode is going to air because it's not going to sound as impressive. I've seen this movie twice in the opening weekend within three days. Friday opening day, I did not do the midnight release because like we discussed, I I do have work responsibilities and I needed to be able to function Friday morning. Right. So I saw it Friday. I then went and saw it in IMAX 3D on Sunday. I saw it standard, standard 2D on Friday. Nice. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers the Age of Ultron. Avengers the Age of the Ultron, which is a robot for a fuck you. Pretty much. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm asking the question for our listeners. I know the answer. Have you seen it yet? Uh, I have, yes. I watched okay. it Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Nice. Isn't that great about us being out on the West Coast? Like... All of us, I don't remember when they made this shift. It was sometime in the last couple of years. But our midnight releases start yeah. fuck all early now because it's midnight over on the East Coast. Yeah, that's basically Which, why I mean, it happened. And it was it's great. It's seven, but you know. Yeah, I mean, they did like, and they do them a little early. But yeah, Thursday night showings are now a thing. And here in L.A., it's awesome because you can just be like, boom, seven o'clock, going. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I bought, I bought my tickets and went up to City Walk and watched that shit. And uh, now, for people that have been following our show, they know you and I are friends outside of this. We've known each other for a lot of years. Yes. And, uh, and this is actually a rare occurrence where we did not see this one together, and we have, not, we have intentionally not talked about it until right now. That's true. So this, this, could, the- this could end up very cool, or this could end up bad. This could be the last <laughs> final hour with West Coast Neighbors. Who knows? This- that is that is the stakes. Those are the stakes that are up <laughs> up in the air right now. Could this um, be the last final hour if I say something controversial like Scarlet Witch sucks? Like I, could say. Um, I that's not actually how I feel about it, by the way. But I just want right. to say something incendiary. So, so should we get into it? We we should. Um, I never ever break the spoiler rule on this show. Ooh. Um, like we said, you know what? What do we say? Like a year has to pass for us to be yeah. able to talk about it. Yep. I'm going to break that rule right now. Um, If you're listening to this show, it's a podcast. There's a button that will pause it or stop it. It will look, most likely, depending on the program you're playing this on, it'll look just like every other pause button has looked for all of your life. If you haven't seen Avengers Age of Ultron and you want to and you don't want to hear any spoilers... Go ahead and stop now. Go watch the movie. This will still be waiting for you. And hopefully, you'll actually be able to enjoy it more when you get back. Fuck the spoiler rule today. For Avengers Fair enough. For Avengers, we will fuck the spoiler rule. Okay. Because it was going to get really bad if I had to be like, so when that person goes on vacation for a (laughs) long time, I I could get really... Like it get the code would just get too weird. So yes, yeah. Spoilers ahead. Yeah. 
So, and th- this is your this is your glaring warning. We're not gonna say spoiler alert for every time. We're just gonna talk as if y'all have heard y'all have seen this movie. You know what's coming. If you yep. haven't, stop now and uh, or forever go, hold your peace. Go check it out or admit that you don't care, and that's fine. Yeah, it, it'll it'll still be entertaining. If you don't care, well, st- then you'll really enjoy this. Oh yeah, I guarantee this this episode is gonna be worth listening to for sure. And we haven't even done it yet. So yeah. Do I need to even ask whether you enjoyed it or not? Like, is that a question that's valid? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, do you, you want to start with me? I can start with me if you want. Be like, hey, thirteen-year-old boy, how's porn? Uh, it's just like, um, <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, okay. Question you know what, that almost doesn't need to be asked. Here's what I'll say then, because I think that you're expecting me to have a thirteen-year-old boy looking at his first tit kind of reaction. Um, I've seen it twice. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. While I did enjoy it, I did not have the same reaction to it as I did the first one. And I'll even say Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, here's my thought on it. And it actually reminded me, uh, when I was trying to figure out why I was feeling what I was feeling, it's twofold. One, and we'll get to this possibly, I'm assuming, uh, I felt like it was saying farewell to some of my favorite characters, one of my favorite Marvel characters, but as a whole, some of my other overall favorites. Right. Um, and so that, it was kind of a bittersweet, somber feeling. And while I'm sure, I know for a fact, at least one of them is definitely coming back in Cap 3. And no, I'm not talking about Captain America. Um, uh I, well, I, well, I'm sure that we'll probably see them pop back up in some of the future movies. It really does feel like perhaps there's some we won't be actually seeing again. And I don't, I haven't read because I wanted to avoid spoilers before I saw it. I haven't read any news on contract stuff. I don't know who is and is not still signed on to the. They're roles. all signed. They're all signed. All signed. Okay, so nobody's not signed. Okay, so everybody is potentially available to reappear. They're all coming back. Well, not all. Not the one guy. <laughs> um, and actually, he's under contract. So oh, really? they could. If they want to, he absolutely could. Because God knows in comic books, when people die, they stay dead. For sure. Right. You did not see that coming. Yeah. So that was part one, was that it was kind of bittersweet. Like, it was a, it was the way I felt at the end of uh, Iron Man 3, when he chucked his, uh, the arc reactor in, off the edge of his building, and he was... No. Uh, you know, and like he had blown up all the. It's been an. It's I'm been not. A year we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, no. No. Yeah. No. It's been a year. We can talk about Iron Man three, or as I like to call it, the maybe Robert Downey Jr. won't be back movie. And oops, right. Never mind. Never mind. He's back. So ignore everything we said at the end of that movie. Yeah. Um. And so, that was part of it. Part of what threw me off was the way it started. Was that, uh, uh, I was I was hoping we I was been I've been waiting since the end of the first Avengers when they all went their separate ways. Mm. I've been waiting for something on screen to happen that shows us how they get reunited and called back together. But I guess you know, they they didn't want to waste time with that exposition. They just say, I don't know, Nick Fury has a button he can push. No, no, actually, Nick Fury was not around at the beginning nope. of this. So uh, I don't know. That's that's one of the things like it starts in on a. On an, let uh, let know, me on ask you a, a follow up question. Uh, have you wa- are you up to date with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Of course, I'm not stupid. We've talked about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. For um, those of you that aren't, spoilers well, for wait, Agents of wait. S.H.I.E.L.D. Let me correct that. If you watched last night, no. 
I haven't not. watched last night's. Okay, me either. So uh, except for the week that we're doing this now, I'm I'm. I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. up until Avengers Age of Ultron, and I watched the first episode after. I have not seen this week's yet. I haven't seen anything since before Avengers. Like oh, you haven't I've seen the one after yet? I haven't seen the one after yet. I've just seen the one where they're like, we should get the Avengers together. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, I know how that <laughs> happens now, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, they sort of threw that away, actually. They were just like, and they're together again. Don't question it. Don't argue. Just go with it. Right. So that Which was is that fine. Was, Wasn't that, that bad? Way, no, I mean I got over it quick, but I I was a little bit let down because I was I've been wondering in my head. I've been sitting here going, okay, so what are they going to do? Like, is are we going to which character are we going to start on, and something yeah. goes down, and then they have to assemble the team again? No, the team's the team's there when the movie starts. It starts yeah. in a in a pretty action packed scene. Although some of those shots look downright video gamey, I was surprised. The second thing though that I'm thinking is uh, is and kind of like what we just talked about with how they didn't bring them back together, the first movie and Guardians of the Galaxy, they had, like we had talked about previously with Jurassic Park 3, and and more importantly, Jurassic World, Mm. how if you expect that kind of aha dinosaur discovery moment out of Jurassic World, you'll be disappointed. Yes. I think on some level, because it lacked that aha unification moment that Avengers mm. 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy both had and Avengers had a freaking 8 year build up to. Yes. I think that I kind of missed that and so I instead of looking at it as okay, I need to see this as just another comic book movie, I was seeing it as Avengers, they split them up. I'm waiting to see them come back together and I didn't get to. They were just already together. Yep. So I think that's part of it. But okay, so yes, opening sequence um, the 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 shot in particular that both times I saw it uh, really made me feel like it was super CG uh, is uh, one of the first Thor action sequences we see where he's fighting he's holding some sort of a metal pole or something and he's fighting off some people and uh, and it looked very CG. Um, it I some of the action scenes in this movie and it, I'd say through the whole throughout the whole movie uh, the biggest. Pro- First off, I'll just start out with saying I quite liked the movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. a good movie. I did not mm-hmm. like it as much as the first Avengers movie, not even nearly. What about um, Guardians? I liked Guardians better, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on both statements. It's not a bad movie by any means. It's Mm-mm. still entertaining as hell. It's funny. Joss Whedon manages to keep things moving. I never felt like any of the movie dragged, really. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was, as far as movies go, it was damn good. It was good. Uh, but it, where the first Avengers was like, a plus. Oh my god, this is amazing. This one was more B plus. Cool. I'm glad that this still exists and I'm excited for the third one when it comes around, you know? Right. It it made me yeah. And I think part of the reason with that is uh we can sort of tie this in with the other conversation about the other Marvel property that we want to talk about, which we'll get to, yeah. Uh but this sort of I I kind of am going to bring it up a little bit because there's something in that property that was sorely lacking in Avengers uh, 2. Not blood, stakes. At no point was I ever worried that any of the Avengers weren't going to just wade their way through like they were playing Dynasty Warriors with robots. Like ah. there, was no, there was no action scene at all at any point where I was like, oh, man, they might be screwed. Like, I thought, man, the Earth might be screwed. Like, they're, you know, I, it's just particularly that Thor scene you're talking about where he just... At the beginning of the movie, he's just wading through people like mm. it's a video game level. And he's just like, no one bothers him whatsoever. It's like, oops, now, problem solved. 
I, I do want to respond to that really quick because that was something I kept in mind as well because that was one of the things from the uh, the European pre-release reviews you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and on the whole, yes, you're 100% right. It was very evident. It was like, oh, there's no concern here really except for except for the big pivotal thing that Iron Man and Thor end up having to deal with um, with the meteor. Um, yeah. That felt like there was some, some risk. But not necessarily to them, more so than the world. Right. Um, but I will say the part where um, where we kind of reference the uh, the the one character that Josh Whedon does car- kill off, which I was surprised as fuck. That was not at all who I thought it would be. I j- legitimately thought we would not see Black Widow anymore. Um, but I'm still waiting for her own solo movie. I think it'd be great. But it would be. Um. The events that led up to that, mm. I did genuinely believe that we were going to see someone else die. Uh, I didn't know who was going to die, but I was pretty sure Joss Whedon was going to kill somebody because that's what he likes to do. Uh, <laughs> and at first, like they do a really good job setting it up to make it look like Hawkeye is going to bite it. Throughout oh, the yeah. whole first family? half of that movie saying things like, I love my family so much. I'll see you soon, honey. Like, he's yeah. just like, this guy's... He's, he's dead. Saying, yeah. <laughs> well, and I love the way Joss Whedon used that to play the audience, to be like, oh, yeah, you know this guy's going to get it, don't you? And so Basically, the whole they thing... Did, they did everything except for, and they kind of did it, saying he's one week away from retirement. That's essentially yeah. the only trope yeah, all they of didn't it. pull out. And they, they had the... Yeah, they, they didn't have a... Well, and even then, he says... Uh, he says to his wife that he's thinking about stopping. You know, I think there was some point. Right, where like he, this is his last one. Yeah, like, oh, well, I think I'm done after this. Oh, God, I'm just like, God, this guy's dead. And then when the kid, like the mom, the typical mom left behind. And God, mothers of the world in in, in superhero movies, watch your goddamn kids. Seriously. Right? This is just getting ridiculous, the amount of parents that are like, oh, no, this horrible cataclysmic event is happening. Let me just ignore my children. What yeah. the hell? So... Anyway, um, so no, they have that trope in there too, where the lady turns to the Hawkeye, she's like, "My son, my baby," and he goes, "I'll go save him." And you're like, "Oh man, this is it, guys, smoke!" And then, boom, nope. To, to jump ahead uh, briefly to the to the to the property you mentioned, uh, hmm. I feel like maybe this could happen in that show, but I would love to see a comic book uh, movie or TV show where we have a mom going, "Oh my god." I left my son and I just want the hero to, to look at him and go sorry bitch <laughs> too bad you're clearly <laughs> a bad parent yeah. anyway moving on I have like a million other people I could be saving right now I'm gonna go <laughs> save them and you should probably get around to breeding more because you're clearly a bad parent you're gonna need more than one child <laughs> start <laughs> popping out some backups yep <laughs> um, but yeah so they hid that moment really well with and they sort of did it with Black Widow, too. Like, there were a lot of moments where she was, like, holding kids and looking really, you know, like, oh, th- yeah, I thought they could have killed either Hawkeye or Black Widow. And then, boom. turned. And it, the fact that they killed, and I'll, wait, wait, spoilers for anyone still yeah. not listening who no, hasn't heard. Don't even worry about it. We warned them. Don't even care. For when they kill Quicksilver, who's a character they just introduced, that was kind of brilliant to be like, oh, oh this yeah. guy that you definitely would never think they'd kill, gone. Boom. And you so. know what's what's brilliant about it? And I can't even pinpoint I'll have to watch it again. I can't even pinpoint how exactly they did this. But not only did they pull out a character that you definitely did not see getting killed off. Mm. 
But in the span of time that you saw him on screen, when you saw him die, you felt it. Like they did, yeah. They built an emotional attachment in a really quick period of time. This is actually going to lead me into a, a little bit of a moment I want to talk about. This was Hawkeye's movie, and so mm. they really kind of let this was if if the last movie was sort of the Hulk's movie, which it kind of what to me that first Avengers movie. I mean, it had the Hulk moment where he says, "I'm always I'm the always secret angry. is I'm always angry." It was really like uh, emotionally, you were invested in Bruce Banner in that first right. movie, and in this one, you were emotionally invested in Hawkeye. Yeah, and what a story writer will call that person the person with the main character arc. And so you, the audience, were sort of Hawkeye. That was kind of how you, I mean, this is loosely based because it's an Avengers movie and you're dealing with a lot of people. Mm. But he has the emotional spine of the movie. And so to, to, to make us care, they had basically that character, Quicksilver, earn Hawkeye's respect, and then they killed him. So basically this character worms his way into your heart because you are watching it through the lens of Hawkeye. And you, you know, that moment that he sells them on the, if you walk out that door, you're an Avenger, that speech, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff where he's like laying it on and laying it on. Uh, you're, you're with him. Suddenly these characters, that's how Joss Whedon brilliantly turned those characters from being the enemy to all of a sudden, they're Avengers. They're on my side totally, completely. I, yep. I support these people. Did it really fast and really quick by using all the goodwill he'd built up with Hawkeye to just make Hawkeye accept them. Therefore, you, the audience, are like, yeah, I totally accept this person. He's awesome. I love Quicksilver. Look at that. And then, you know, the scene before where he's saving all those people. Like, you like the guy. You're like, oh, man, the guy's saving lives. Look how awesome. I'm so excited for how he's going to be saving people in the future now. And, you know, and then (laughs) boom. Oh, and by the way, I will say, because there's two Quicksilvers. There's the Quicksilver in the X-Men universe. Right. Who's this sort of snotty kid who's funny and, and hilarious. But I like Joss Whedon's Quicksilver. I'll give him the edge. I, there was and just one quick shot was all it took when he's running and there's a quick shot where he stops and he's out of breath. It mm-hmm. was the the Quicksilver in the X Men universe is this godlike character that can just roll through the Pentagon and does right. not give a shit. You know, just like boom, that didn't, nope, didn't even break a sweat. Rescue rescue Magneto from somewhere. Yeah, I got it. No problem. Boom, and you're yeah. just like that character is a god character in this one. Their Quicksilver is very fallible. Like he's running out of breath. He's having trouble. Well, and like he you takes, relate to that. And he even takes that bullet when he's going through. Uh, yeah. When he's, when he's moving quick, and he accidentally takes a, uh, you know, an errant bullet from a from a from a good guy from a police officer or something, right? Yeah, it's like friendly fire. Yeah, he takes friendly yeah. fire. You relate to him. Like they they sneakily sold you completely on Quicksilver in that in the, like about the five to ten minutes before he dies. They sold you completely on him. Well, and and they they doubled down with it because. As you know, he was a twin with Scarlet Witch. Yeah. By by getting you connected as much as they did with Quicksilver and then killing him off, that just amplified how much you were then instantly connected with Scarlet Witch when yeah. she sensed his death because they're twins. And Up until that point, she'd been kind of an iffy character for me. Yeah. Like and and they and she and she was the actual she was the direct recipient of Hawkeye's little you go out this door you're an Avenger speech and she yeah. had that slow motion epic moment where she walks out the door and she's an Avenger but yeah right. it wasn't until you're right it wasn't until he's dead and she just loses it yeah in a in a raw emotional moment that you're that all of a sudden all of that to use your words to use all that goodwill that they had given uh given and put on uh, quicksilver 
instantly gets magnified and transferred over to, to Scarlet Witch, who they keep moving forward as one of the new Avengers. Right, so and now you you're invested in her. You know, you want to. I want to know what she's going to be like as an Avenger, knowing that she has you know lost this the most important person in the world to her was part you know was part of that. So that'll be very interesting to see that going forward. Before we move on to her, because I do want to talk about her as the other big new character. Um, did you catch the uh, in in the movie? You may have seen it online since then, but did you catch when you were watching it the uh, um, Hawkeye's baby name? I didn't know. I don't even think I've seen it online. Um, oh wait, yeah, p- uh, yeah. His middle um, name is Pietro. Yeah, Pietro. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, it was really, and and the way they did it. I mean, it's on screen for maybe a second or two, and it's not even fully on screen. They crop it out with the because I think uh, she's seeing it via like a webcam chat, right? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And so, like, they don't even show all the letters. You only see you only see enough to know what it says, but they actually don't even put it all on screen. It was a really cool little Easter egg they hid, and I was like, that was yeah. awesome. That was a nice little moment. Um, but, yeah, so Scarlet Witch, um, you go first on this one. What would you think? Uh, like like I said, the first most of the movie I could not have cared less, um, and <laughs> it didn't really have anything to do. It's sort of like um, the same thing happened with uh, – the first season, the first half of the season, uh, first half Agents of the first of season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where you're like, where are you going with this? And then all of a sudden they finally do something when you're like, oh, that's where you're going with it. And I think that's just because they have too many characters. I mean, if they spent all this time developing Scarlet Witch in the first half, then you lose Hawkeye, you lose anything with Thor, anything with any of the other characters. Like, you're just like, there's just too many people juggling around. So you have to pick your moments. And right. they picked to have her big moment later in the movie. And they, they weirdly enough, they sold it really well. They just kind of like the first the whole first like three fourths of the movie is just you kind of realizing how close they are as siblings so that when he dies later, you're like, oh, shit, that means a lot to her because I've seen how close they are throughout the whole film. But Elizabeth Olsen played that moment. I mean, she had one moment to knock it out of the park and she could have whiffed. But no, she killed it. The, you know, the realizing her brother died. She sold and that could have gotten like. The whole ESP thing is tricky in movies. She sold it. She and Joss mm-hmm. Whedon got together, and and the director of cinematography, they sold it. Uh, so yeah, I I meant like the last ten minutes of the movie, I was like, oh man, I want to know more about this character. I'm excited for the next Avengers movie. So yeah, I loved her. I I loved the character. I liked what they did with her. I was mm. not sure what they were gonna do with it, and I thought they did a good job. One, I'll say one one small thing that I really really dug. And then one small thing that I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the first time you see her using her powers, um, it's, I th- believe, against Captain. It's when uh, when they crash the base. And he's yes, dealing yeah, with, it's uh, Cap. His, yeah. And the first time we see her, when, when she uh, gets away, when she backs up through that door and has the door slam shut. Yeah. The cinematography on that was brilliant because they actually, for that moment, they utilized some sort of frame rate alteration to m- give it an old horror movie look. Like it was yeah, that weird kind of stutter step back thing, and it was completely no other time in the movie is that ever <laughs> utilized. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that was really fucking cool. It, they dropped frames and reversed. They shot yeah. it. Um, they shot it like forwards and then ran it backwards or something like that. But yeah, it looked amazing. And then I was kind of like, where's that again? Like yeah. now she just never does it again. But it was cool when it happened. It was a nice intro to the character and her abilities. So yeah, I guess it was, it, it was really that well. Both times I watched it, I was just like, God, that was 
That was cool. Great I shot. Loved it. Damn good shot. Did not care for her ending appearance. Uh, they, I don't know why they just oh, yeah. lighten her up and they give her like, like she, had, I don't know, she slept with curlers in her hair for the night and yeah. and, and highlighted her hair. I, I, I kind of dug the darker, not emo, but the darker look. She she shopped at Hot Topic for most of the movie for sure, yeah. and then at the end, uh, yeah, they it's like Black Widow did a makeover on her or something. <laughs> You're like what? What? I mean, I like Black Widow's look, but not on you. You where's where's the cool little goth girl? Yeah. Yeah. But I um, I but I absolutely loved what they did with the character. I I love I loved the relationship she had with Quicksilver. Um, I I liked the. It was weird, like she was she's kind of one of the most popular, not popular, one of the most powerful characters in this particular uh, yeah. series of movies now, simply based off the fact that Iron Man has a suit that can do a lot of shit. Hulk is super fucking strong. Yep. Um, Thor's, you know, Thor. strong, can fly, control lightning, a lot of shit. Yep. Um, you know, everybody's kind of got, but they've kind of got their thing. Mm-hmm. With her power being telekinesis, she kind of can just do fucking anything. She can fly. Yep. She can create things almost like Green Lantern's ring, you know, create whatever she wants to need or needs to. Yeah. Um, and then there's the mind control aspect, so she's a super powerful character, and they and they played that well without, you know, but still made her feel like she could be snuck up on and killed if need be. I mean, the moment with Hawkeye when she was going to try and control his mind, and he gets oh, yeah. the arrow. It was like they introduced how powerful her mind control can be, even even affecting a mighty Norse god. Yeah. But she's also able to be out quick, you know. Uh, outwitted and outquicked by a mortal who was just yeah. ready for it and goes, you know, done, you know, who who got, by the way, one of the best speeches in the movie. I feel like Jeremy Renner went back in when they when they came around him and they're like, hey, we're doing Avengers, too. He was like, awesome. Yeah, I'm in. But look, if you can mind fuck me again, mm-hmm. my character. No, I want my character to be awesome. And I want to give a really badass speech. And I want to. I want people to know about Hawkeye. I'm not being the guy that gets mind portrayed. I'm not. Not going to be the damsel in distress again. Fuck that. Right. Are and you so referring to when he was talking to Scarlet Witch? Well, there was that, and I think that line directly came from what I'm guessing was the meetings with Jeremy Renner, where he's like, "Yeah, no, I'll do it a second time, but I want cool shit this time. No, no more me just shooting arrows and saying shit. Like, no, nah, I'm. I want to be badass this time. So, which speech could, well, are you talking about? His speech at the end, where like just. This none of this makes any sense. I have a bow, like <laughs> I, I shoot air, like that's it. That's all I have. Like his speech uh, is everything you think about Hawkeye and Black Widow, and it and it really outlines like yes, these other people with godlike powers are heroes, but at the end of the day, this guy has a bow and is a really good archer. That's it. Like, there's no fucking like his arrows don't his heart. take over people's minds. That's it. He's just yeah. he's, he's 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 gutsy. And he's got arrows. That's it. That's all he's got. And I thought that was a great speech for him to, to say, like, the true measure of bravery is not about, you know, that. It's about your yeah your heart. It's about how you take, you know. And so I thought that was a great speech to give, particularly to that character, and just highlighted Joss Whedon's awesome writing skills. I also liked how they were able to, by, by introducing his wife, um, mm. they gave her that, uh, that really great moment with him where when the you know the Avengers are kind of splintered at that point, and he actually, uh, Hawkeye says what 
I think largely most of the mainstream movie audiences, you know, other than people that might just be Hawkeye fans, the right. majority of comic book fans and moviegoers, he said what everybody's thinking of, you don't think they need me, huh? And yeah. And she says, no, what worries me is that they do. That was another and great line. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was such a good moment. But, but no, you, I think you're right. I didn't realize... Uh, I didn't realize actually. I hadn't looked at it from the fact that it is Hawkeye's story, this one, and uh, and they absolutely they do. They they use him as an established character, and they give us his scenario, and they use him to build all this emotional investment in that does. You're right. It, that's that's the only way. Because I was curious how they, even I couldn't identify how how did they go from having okay, these Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, they're bad guys for the majority of the movie, and then all of a sudden. They're good guys, and we accept it, and we don't. Yeah, you accept them very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. It's literally. Uh, it was. It was. Hawkeye was the 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 vessel for that, which was great. Yeah, you admired him, so therefore, when he said these these guys are cool now, you're like, okay, I accept that. They're cool. Awesome. Yeah. No. Um, I wanted to actually talk a quick second about uh the Hawkeye sequence, the farm sequence. Um, one of the things that Joss Whedon has gone on record saying is that he is not as happy with this movie as he was with Avengers. Um, I've read that. And even after this, he, he thinks there were mistakes made. And one of the things that I remember hearing him talk about was there was a lot more to the farm. They actually, um, he talked about in one of his interviews about cuts that he had to trade because here's the thing that I'm a little worried. And this is where I get to play pessimist. Um, the Marvel brain trust isn't just Joss Whedon and Kevin Feige. Um, Alan Fine, you you see his name in every Avengers movie. He is the executive producer. Uh, he is one of the biggest parts of the money that gets put behind these movies. And in this one, he wanted more of a say. And he and Joss Whedon butted heads, and a lot of people speculated. And I, I personally think it's one of the reasons that you're not seeing Joss Whedon even consider coming back for the third one right. and why they had to get the Russo brothers is he's tired of being... You know, Joss Whedon is basically of the attitude you hire me you leave me alone to do what i do you do not fuck with my fucking story and he had a huge fight i guess with alan fine over you know they had to trade cuts like okay i'll give you more of this but you give me more of the farm and so he actually had to cut quite a bit of the farm out um there's apparently quite a few deleted scenes like a like 10 a good 10 minutes more of character development he wanted to do at the farm with different characters uh i know thor really got shafted a lot is what one of the things he said he had to lose was a lot of Thor, which that was one of those parts of the movie when Thor just takes the fuck off and is right? like, I'm going, I'm going to go do things. Bye. And you're like, oh, okay. And then he just goes and does some shit that seems like it does nothing to do with anything and then comes back. And which a lot is true. of, he, uh, just to kind of go off on a quick tangent on that. It was interesting that literally Thor was see a peace out. Boom, and then he had, I think a total of maybe, 60 seconds of screen time mm-hmm. well, before he rejoined. Uh, he had about 60 seconds of screen time. And when he does rejoin, he has all of this knowledge about the Infinity Stones and everything we need to know to set up for the next Avengers movie. Yep. <laughs> it was like, wait, what the fuck happened while he was gone? There was a lot smoother transition to that that he was forced to cut out from what, okay. uh, from the interviews I was reading. And so I'm a little worried like that. I hope the Russo brothers are as strong as Joss Whedon. And when they get into Avengers 3, they, they're not Alan Fine isn't leaning over and going, give me more toy opportunities. Do it now. You know, just, mm. or whatever the hell he's telling him. Um, and I, I also know for uh, I've read a couple of interviews with Kevin Feige 
where he's actually thought about stepping down because he's getting a lot of interference from people like Alan Fine. Like, his bosses are kind of starting to be like, well, you know, you made so much money with this. Can you make, make do this again? Instead mm-hmm. of doing something new and awesome, I want you to do what I know works. It's this classic Hollywood story of the money guys have showed up and been like, okay, you made me a whole basket full of money with that first one. I want you to make that for me again. And the creative guys being like, no, see, because we want to do something even more awesome. And they're like, no, I don't want to take chances. Just do it again. Mm. So I think that's part of the worry I have with the Marvel Universe. I'm very curious to see how Ant-Man came out because Ant-Man was one of the ones where they actually did kick the original director out. Right. Like forced him out. Edgar Wright, right? Was Edgar Wright, and uh, I'm very curious to see how the guy they brought in is one of those hired gun type of directors who'll do whatever, you know. He's made his career being that guy that will do whatever the money guys tell him to do. Uh, Not that that's a bad career to have. He's clearly doing well on it. Awesome. Peyton Reed. Manning? Peyton Reed. It is not Peyton Manning. It's Peyton Reed, I think. Uh, Oh. His previous credit is the movie Bring It On. So I'm curious to see how. Wait, wait, wait. The director of Ant-Man is the director of Bring It On? Yep. Ant-Man is going to be awesome. Right? So much cheering. It's super cool. Yeah. I uh, I am actually, I am, uh, just to to touch on that, I'm actually looking forward to it because I'm hoping it can, it's not going to be anywhere as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. I know that. But I am hoping that it can be one of those. I didn't expect much of Guardians of the Galaxy when I saw they were going to put it in a movie. Maybe that magic can happen again with Ant-Man. It might work. I mean, it, it le- the preview, there were a couple of nice moments that I kind of liked. So it could really, it could go down well. But that was, I, it was very telling. It's been very telling to me to see people jumping ship on Marvel now. Mm-hmm. People like Edgar Wright walking away. When, you have, when, you're, when you're making talented people go away, that's not a good sign for a business. When, yeah. when Joss Whedon is like, no, I think I'm done. I'm leaving. That this, this is it never bodes well. So I'm a little worried, but and, we'll see. And that's and that's fair. I, I'm I'm worried as well, just because a I'm a fan. I don't want to see, I don't want to see them a fuck it up so that it's not enjoyable, and also b fuck it up so that it goes away. Because mm. I you know because um let's face it, we don't have a lot of movie musicals anymore. And that God knows Superman versus Batman looks like turds. So you know there's not <laughs> another great superhero company coming around the corner to save your ass. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, well, yeah, although the Marvel guys have lost it. Although we will get to this in a moment. Uh, Netflix did damn good. But we'll, we'll, well, and again, that we'll get Marvel there in a moment. It yeah. wasn't Netflix, but we'll get to that. Sure. Um, but going back to the Avengers movie, uh, there's another new character I really have been waiting to talk to you about because I'm curious of your take on this. I know what you had uh, what you had read from mm. some of the European reviews, and sure. I even voiced my own thought on it. In that, uh, just to just not sound like we're trying to be vague or something, uh, Vision. Um, yes. I even stated last episode that Vision's always been kind of a boring character. To me, like I didn't, I did, I've never cared a whole lot. And the reviews that you had mentioned is that Vision kind of sucks ass or Vision is lame. I don't know about you, and I wa- I do want to hear, but I thought they did great with Vision, more than I ever expected out of him. I thought that they presented him as he was exactly what he needed to be for the story. He was he was the turning point. I have no fucking idea why they leaked him. 
I don't yeah. know why they were so open about him because that was the big that was the big swerve in the movie. There was no bigger secret in the movie than Vision, <laughs> and yeah. and they outed it three weeks before it came out. So yeah. I don't know why they did that. I don't get it. But as far as the character uh, itself, I won't say himself because I guess it's it's a thing. Um, sure. I I thought that it was fantastic. I thought that uh, Paul Bettany is just he's he's a great actor. Oh, he's fantastic. And so he he brought a great quality to it once we stopped just hearing him because it, it explains actually like I've always known Paul Bettany as the voice of Jarvis, um, mm. but I've never I've never really thought that hard about it as to really realize that I I feel connected to Jarvis. Jarvis doesn't seem like a robot as much as he's just a person you don't see, right? Um, and so getting a physical manifestation of Jarvis, um, holy fuck, we haven't even talked about Ultron himself yet. Okay, good thing we did a separate episode just for this. Um, right. But, uh, but no, I thought seeing, seeing Vision, seeing Paul Bettany uh, in his on-screen character, I thought that he, he gave a good um, point to the story, a good turning point to the story and, and for the mm. team. But I, I actually didn't think he was that lame even. Power-wise, he was pretty fucking powerful. I mean, the, yeah. that bit with the hammer was priceless. I don't know how the reaction was in your theater, but our theater oh, yeah. got some, whoa, shit, you know, reactions yeah. to it. No, they, they went nuts in mine. And that that is part of how they sold Vision. Like, they gave him that moment because they kind of knew he's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. And here's the trick with Vision. He's a great character and he's fine and all, but honestly, he's sort of the Dr. Manhattan character. He's so powerful that, like, there's not a lot of, you know, like, it's not like, well, with, like, for example, with Quicksilver, where you see him out of breath, and you're worried, and you're concerned for him, and then he dies, and you're like, oh, shit. You, d- you don't feel that way with Vision at all. You're right. just like, well, he's getting out of this one way or the other, and uh, he's <laughs> fine. I'm okay. not concerned about Vision. He's, he's you know, Ultron's afraid of him. He doesn't, no one gives a shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Vision does not, oh, look at all these fucks Vision doesn't give. They're all there. Yeah, um. I thought they really Joss Whedon really did a good job of selling him as sort of the the cool uncle of the Avengers. Like he's <laughs> like he just rolls in there and throws out that hammer bit and it's like, whoa, and like immediately you're like, Vision kicks ass. He's cool. Look at that moment he just did with Thor's hammer and earlier nobody could lift Thor's hammer. Oh, cool. That's awesome. And it they built it. It's a great moment. I thought it was fucking fantastic. I, I fanboyed as hard as all the fanboys in the theater with me. So yeah, and I didn't even know who the hell Vision was. So I was like, <laughs> this guy's awesome. Uh, but then I noticed, um, and I kind of want to watch it. I'm, probably, I'm definitely going to watch the movie again. Uh, I want to see. C- from then on, though, he's sort of just this, like, he's not, they don't do very much with him. I mean, he does stuff, but, like, it's not like Vision is there because they've got this character now that can just, you know, like, how different would the Hawkeye um, uh, Quicksilver death scene be if Vision was there? Like, oh, yeah, oh, here comes a bullet. Vision stopped everything. We're all good. Don't worry. Like, Quicksilver wouldn't even be dead. Like, now you have a character that can, like, they have to be really careful with him now because he's so overpowered. I actually think that he's going to die. Oh, okay. And here's why. His power comes from the Mind Stone. Mind Stone. Oh, yeah. Which is the, the yellow gem that's in his head. Which is one of the Infinity Stones, which we saw the purple one in, uh, which I believe is the Power Stone in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. All of which go into the Infinity Gauntlet, 
which is which what we saw. Thanos uses and or Thanos. I don't. E- I'm a fucking comic book nerd, and I don't even know if it's Thanos or Thanos, depending on who you're talking Pur- to. Purple guy, Josh Pur- Brolin being purple. Yeah, purple Josh Brolin. You know, that's the the, the golden glove that he wears. It has all when, it, when if and when he gets all the Infinity Stones. He's oh, he's getting them all. Exactly. So how does he get yeah. the one Vision has in his head? Probably gonna kill Vision. Yeah, I, I'd actually. Yeah, that makes sense. So well, and they set him. I think they set him up to be such a badass character too, because they're gonna have Thanos just fucking own him, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like, "This is how powerful Thanos is." Exactly. You know, this is how, yeah, this is how scary this guy is. So, yeah, exactly. I think I think that is why they sold him that way. Uh, but I thought I thought they did fine with. It. I didn't mind him in the movie or anything. I wasn't like, "Oh man, the movie's ruined now because Vision's here." But I I thought they sold him with the Thor hammer thing. And then kind of kept him around as the cool uncle who hangs out and does shit. Well, um, and I think, though, you know, he's an artificial intelligence. I think that um, his his whole purpose is that he's he knows more than any human ever will because he's yeah. constantly evolving, constantly getting new information. And so I think that more so than him being powerful, which the powerfulness came from the Mind Stone, which, again, as we've just talked about, probably won't be forever for him. Right. Um, but beyond that, he is he you know he's the wise man of the group at this point and in 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 even like with his his final exchange with Ultron out in the woods you know yeah. where where Ultron's like humanity's doomed he, vision doesn't even argue it he's like yeah yeah nope. they are <laughs> um you know but thanks you dick let them, ai let him live their let him live their life you know Real quick, uh, and then well, we we've got to get on to the other property, or we're gonna have to yeah. do a three parter. Um, Good lord! <laughs> Avengers um, three, yeah. Avengers three, um, the podcast universe. But but Ultron, I thought uh, yeah. uh, James Spader just so good. I mean, yes, the animation to the character helped a lot. There was one particular moment where uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are actually explaining why they hate Tony Stark and why, you know, like what happened in their past. And they had an interesting pose that I thought was going to be him mocking them, where Ultron ha- kind of has his head cocked. And it almost yeah. like you didn't see his arms, but you'd feel that he'd have his, um, his robot arms crossed in front of him. And his expression at first, I thought he was going to be like, you simpering humans, you're dealing with nothing. But the work, the the work they put into his eyes and whatnot, and then the performance that Spader gave to it. I freaking loved Ultron. It was a fantastic character. I thought. Here's the trick with Ultron for me for that movie. Uh, one, I love that. You're right. That moment, uh, was just a great technical and acting moment. That was one of those like that was like on the level of Gollum for me. Of like. They were like Whedon was so ballsy that he's like, you know what? These characters are telling this really emotional story and I'm going to focus on the reaction shots from the robot. Right. That's how good this is going to be is that he you're you, the audience, are going to read this story through him. His reactions to it will play into it. And so, I mean, yeah, they cut to shots of them telling the story, the two twins. But honestly, yeah, it's it's a lot about how Ultron is reading how he can manipulate them and and reading about how he can, you know, what he's going to do. And so, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. James Spader was a great choice to play, a perfect voice. Uh, The moments where Ultron is on, he's on. And honestly, there's not many moments where he's not on. Mm. The problem I had with Ultron, and this is really honestly the problem with the second Avengers movie for me, and one of the reasons I downgraded it for me to a B plus instead of an A, he's not in it that much. 
Like he's the moments he has are almost always given to someone else. I really felt like unlike and this is this is unfair of me, I suppose, but I'm compare I'll compare it to another superhero franchise, which in my mind is the best superhero franchise. It's still kicking Avengers ass. The Dark Knight series. Um, in that first Batman movie, you love the first Batman movie because holy shit, you realize how Batman becomes Batman. Just like you love that first Avengers movie, because like you talked about earlier, you get to see the Avengers actually assemble. Right. The creation of the Avengers is the whole point of the movie. So the thing Christopher Nolan knows that I don't know why they didn't really... I mean, they tried... I, I sense that Joss Whedon tried to put it in there, and maybe there's a lot of Ultron on the cutting room floor or something, mm. but I just never got the sense of... Uh, unlike in, in The Dark Knight, why is The Dark Knight possibly one of the greatest superhero movies the ever Joker. born? The Joker. The Joker. The Joker is what you take away. And Nobody why is talks Dark about Knight the Dark Rises Knight. not as good? Because they weren't counting on not having the Joker. I think they weren't counting on not having the Joker, but also Dark Knight Rises isn't as good for quite a few reasons. It's the end of the story, and the last act of any story is always actually kind of the worst part of the story. Mm. Because you as you as a viewer of a story, discovery and being like told something is the best part. The discovery of how Batman became Batman or how the Avengers assemble is always the most interesting part. So then you don't the second see act, it end. Yeah, you don't want to see it end. And so here comes this third act where you're like, Oh, well, clearly this is coming to a close. God damn it, no, tell me more. Right. Um, so the second movie, they have the Joker, and that's why Dark Knight people rave about that movie is because Batman was literally almost defeated. Like you get the sense the Joker or Two Face could possibly fucking end Batman in that movie. And, and with Star Wars in Empire Strikes Back, you get the yeah. revelation of I'm your father, and whether it's a physical I'm gonna kill you with a lightsaber or an emotional mental killing, you get yeah. the sense that Luke is gonna be destroyed. Yeah, he's been forever changed by that information. Oh, and you know that scruffy-looking nerf herder that y'all love so much? He's frozen in carbonite and might oh, die. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was Empire. Yeah, Empire. Ever, everything goes to shit in Empire. Mm. Like, that movie is, yeah. And the problem for me with this movie, the biggest reason it went from A, that, that Avengers is A+, and Ultron is B+, is because there's no credible threat. There's no Ultron never comes across to me as an actual threat to the Avengers. At no point was I like, oh, shit. You know, Ultron's definitely devious and James Spader plays him well. And he has some really funny lines and some really clever, evil moments. But at no point does he really cross the line to being a great villain. He was a good villain, but he just wasn't great. You know? Yeah. And I think um, I think what they tried to substitute was uh in essence, a progress bar, like when you're watching something mm. download and you're almost it's almost done, and oh my god, are they going to get it in time? Yeah. With uh, with what ended up being Vision, but the uh, the the vibranium created humanoid form that he was uploading himself into, that I think was supposed to be what they ended up substituting in as his unbeatableness. Is if that happened, if he completed that transaction, you couldn't stop him. Yeah, and I think that that's what it was. I don't. I think. It, I think it was less of Ultron being potentially undestroyable, unbeatable. Too, if this upgrade <laughs> is successful, if you if this Apple iOS upgrade completes, <laughs> then yeah. you're fucked. Now there's trouble. But yeah. don't worry, he didn't get it. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Like, and that, you you clicked. Remind me tomorrow. So yeah, 
and that really that that moment kind of sucks and that's kind of what vision kind of threw off for me a little bit was it really sucks the tension out of ultron because then even after that, I mean, yes, he's going to build up this big giant thing and they're going to drop it on the earth and, oh, we'll all be fucked. But you know that shit ain't happening because right. there's an Avengers 3. So you know they're <laughs> not, he's not going to succeed. There's no way he destroys the world. That's never in question, you know. Um, and they, they had that moment in the – there was really no moment in – I mean, I know they killed one of the Avengers, but there was no Tony Stark moment where you thought – like, I honestly thought at the end, at the end of the first Avengers movie, this could be it. Mm. He flew that thing. He flew the nuclear, or the missile out through that thing. And I briefly, not for very long, but for a couple seconds was like, shit, Robert Downey Jr. might be out of this series. Like he might be dead. Mm. He might kill Iron Man here. And I never at any point during any of Ultron ever thought, I thought Hawkeye might die. Right. Um, and then whoop, they pulled it out and killed Quicksilver. But like the main Avengers, you know, like I don't mean to be mean and talk down to poor Hawkeye, but the main <laughs> guys, you know. Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, and Captain America. At no point were they threatened to me ever in any of the movie, even when Captain America is fighting Ultron on the top of that thing, which was a great scene, but I never felt, I never at any point felt that Ultron was an actual threat to any of those guys. So that kind of drained it a little for me and why it was a B plus. Uh, again, great movie, just mm. as far as sequels go, we know how the Avengers assemble. That's not why I'm here. They've assembled... You need to sell me a great villain, a really, truly great villain. And I feel like we're just waiting for Thanos to be that now. Like, that's kind of, we're just kind of all hanging around waiting for that to happen. Did you get, this is going to sound really off, but it's it's on the comic book world. Did you get the uh, Fantastic Four trailer when you saw Avengers? Uh, did I, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yes. What, are you, what are your thoughts? I actually think that might look, it looks like it might be okay. Um. I like the director Josh Trank. He did. I liked his movie Chronicle that he did with uh, superpowers. Um, the cast is great. My Miles Teller. I'm. I've been banging the drum on Miles Teller oh God, for a while. Miles Teller's after Whiplash. The only casting that I have, and this is gonna make me sound racist. God damn it! But <laughs> I don't like that they made the Human Torch black. Not because they can't cast a black actor as a as what's been a white character. Mm. He's supposed to be Sue Storm's brother. Not that kind of brother. Right. <laughs> but the trick the trick is he actually still is. Um, really? I've I, I read some stuff on it. And you know the voice in the first trailer, the guy that does the narration, uh, is actually Johnny Storm and Sue Storm's father. Um, the, the main character, the, the guy, the basically, I've watched the trailer and I've kind of picked out the plot a little bit based on who they've cast. And and stuff I've heard online and, and things like that. The main the main conceit of the Fantastic Four film is Miles Teller is this genius. He, he plays Reed Richards, who's this sort of wonderkin. And there is Victor Von Doom, and he are friends. And they're both these wonderkins that get hired by um, the actor's name is Reg E. Kathy, and he's on The Wire, which is how I know him because you know me in The Wire. Um, <laughs> and he's an African American actor. He's an older African American actor, and he is the head of this institute that's trying to get to alternate dimensions. And his son is Johnny Storm, and his adopted daughter is Sue Storm. Oh, adoption, that makes sense. Right, her par her whole backstory is going to revolve around, she's going to be the Batman character whose parents have died, and that's why she's motivated <laughs> to do what she does. And so she's this brilliant physicist that um, grew up being raised. It's sort of like, have you, have you been watching The Flash at all on nope. Um, WB? Nope. They sort of do the same thing with, with Barry Richards. Barry Richards. Barry Allen. His... Sorry, Barry Allen. 
his <laughs> I blew in people together there. His <laughs> his dad his dad in that show is black and is um his main love interest is technically his adopted sister Iris who is also black. So it's kind of they doing the same thing with Fantastic Four. Wait, where I'm gonna watch Sue the show, Storm so not super spoilers. But does he know his love interest is his adopted sister? Yes. Okay, Brady Bunch movie. Got it. Little, so, little bit of Brady Bunch to it, yes. Going back but to Marvel. But that's how that all works out. Uh, well, actually, yeah, yes, back that is Marvel. Marvel. Um, but it going is, back to yeah. actual Marvel that not is owned by other companies right now. Sure. Um, Daredevil. You know what? I have a perfect point to make. Um, why was Daredevil so fucking awesome? And I, I'll use the effort because it was. I will answer your question, and maybe you're going somewhere else, but what I think... You've said this before, and I totally agree now that I've seen the whole series. Listeners, we will avoid spoilers for you on this one. We'll try and uh, censor those because this is a whole series type of thing. that you Right. Can, you know, not, it's not one movie. Um, uh, I think that what you're going to say, and, I, and if it is, I agree, is that, holy shit, there were so many moments that I literally, like, it makes you think, um, are there more than one Daredevil, or is this a one-season yeah. show? Because holy shit! I yeah, mean, you two things about your Daredevil. Main actor a lot. Yeah, the two things about Daredevil. One, you fully believe that Matt Murdock might die on in any get usually about once an episode, sometimes more than once an episode. You're pretty convinced that Daredevil might be like Foggy might have to rise up and save the day <laughs> because Matt's dead. You know. Like you're, uh, and the other thing, well, three three main things about Daredevil. One, totally believable, constantly in peril main character. You're worried about him, and you're like, oh my god, he might die. Yep. Two, there's a whole episode where they do nothing but develop the villain. The villain yes. is almost more interesting than the main character. Before you go into on, on to number three, I actually wanted if you weren't going to say it, I was going to. Uh, is it Vincent D'Onofrio? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Holy. Shit. Yeah. Just amazing as a kingpin. There, there better be Emmy nominations for that man at the end of the year. Oh, my yeah, he God. So good. And I cannot wait to see if anything happens in the future, what happens in the future, because yeah. holy shit. Uh, just so good. Yeah. And the arc for him throughout the whole thing, uh, no spoilers, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the third thing, which I'll bring up, you cared about every character. Yes. Rosario Dawson's character could have, e in any other story, would have just been this throwaway character that kind of helps out Daredevil. Mm -hmm. You care. You care completely about her mm -hmm. and what's going to happen to her. And, you know, yeah, every character in there, uh, from Foggy, who's just a sidekick, you care. You have oh, deeply, you love you're deeply invested. Yeah, you're invested. Even care. Will, will, will Foggy ever get some? Will it happen for him? It's got to happen for you, Fogs. Please. But, you know, like, you care deeply about every character. That show, from top to bottom, is probably the most one of the most well-written TV shows mm -hmm. I've ever watched. That thing was amazing. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and to me, I think part of that was the problem was I finished watching Daredevil about three days before I watched Ultron. Oh. And a lot of, so a lot of the things I didn't like about Ultron were what I did like about Daredevil. So it's not maybe fair to the age of Ultron. That I was like, I didn't really feel, you know, Thor at no point got his ass kicked and left in a dumpster to die somewhere. I didn't get that scene, so I really didn't think he was in peril. I guess, in fairness, we should maybe point out Avengers is PG-13, right? Yes. 
Um, Daredevil's TV mature, so it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they, and and as we've talked about in the previous episode, it ain't for boobies. So no, it's, no, it's not. It's for the violent nature and for the legit feeling that you're about to see, and in a lot of cases do see, someone get murdered rather brutally. No. Dare, I love the way that they put him. They set the world of Daredevil up. He's supposed to run around in the underworld. Mm-hmm. It is the under freaking hell world. Oh yeah. God, yes. That, you that, absolutely believe that Hell's Kitchen is an awful place. This won't be a spoiler because I won't say names. But when that one character finishes off the other character by smashing his head in a car door repeatedly until yeah. you see a gushing waterfall of blood, and then. I kudos to the prop department. Brain yeah. matter. Yeah. And then you see <laughs> later you see the body with no head anymore. It's like holy shit, we just watched someone get slowly decapitated with a car door. It ups the stakes quite a bit. You're suddenly like, "Oh god, I don't want Daredevil to run into this person." <laughs> yeah. No, it Yeah, yeah. For his proclivity for getting his ass kicked might kill him because yeah, no, they that that series from top to bottom, holy cow! Hats off to Drew Goddard, um, who was kind of the mastermind behind that. Mm. He's one of the guys that hangs out. He's he's one of Joss Whedon's kind of acolytes. He wrote Cabin in the Woods. Uh, if anybody remembers that horror movie from a while, that was his baby. Uh, and again, I know Mr. Negative Nancy over here. My concern for season two is Drew Goddard got fed up with. Marvel executives bothering him and he's not going to do season two. Oh. So I, I'm i hoping that either they convince him to come back or maybe like there's enough good people left. But but he was d- he was the main writer on the series. And I'm just like, please, God, say that he's not gone because that was excellent from top to bottom. Mm. Yeah, I I want to say I'm I'm hoping that some of what you're thinking is wrong about why people are leaving. I'm I'm really hoping that some of these people are leaving over money, that they're making a play mm. for more money, and Could and that, that kind of thing gets worked out. It from what I've from well, most of what I've read, all it it always comes down to them pesky creative differences, which is the industry way of saying. There's some dickbag upstairs with a business degree from fucking Harvard who thinks he knows how to write stories. <laughs> and now he's telling me what I should do. So usually that's what creative differences means. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, they, it, sometimes it can be a money play. God, I hope it is. And if it is, please pay whoever made Daredevil so awesome just all the money. Just give it to him. <laughs> because that was a great show. Like, I, I would put it up there with The Wire on levels of amazing shows I've seen. I never saw it's The Wire. That good. But uh, I can definitely. I say know. That you know, Thor's in the wire. <gasps> yeah. Wait, and Daredevil. They're all they're in it. Oh, man, it's so cool. But you have to they don't show up till season five and you have to watch like the first four seasons to really get it. So so just watch, you know, all I, the se- and then it's I five, actually yeah, believe you there. that Chris Hemsworth was in it for a moment and then you nope. fucked it up. You should have just stopped no. at Thor. I would have bought it. Stopped at Hemsworth. Damn yeah. it. Um, oh, well. But uh, but no God that show was so good like so 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 good it was um and and you you even said be patient with it because it is definitely an origin story and it's not just a daredevil origin story in its own right you know they they jump a you know a large time jump on on Kingpin but yeah it's his origin too and yeah. uh, 
And my God, the payoff is fantastic. And that's not a spoiler. That's just for anybody uh, that you know has maybe only seen an episode or two or has thought of watching it, watch it and watch it all the way through. Because the payoff yeah. for, as the audience, we I bitched uh, months ago about the movie Unbroken, how it does mm. not give the audience any sort of payoff for sitting through the torture. Yeah, you get a payoff on this one. And it's not, it's not necessarily what you think it might be, which is great for furthering the story. Um, yeah. And and personally, I was nervous if if it had gone another way. I was like, where are they gonna go with season two? Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a uh, it's not a Disney Channel ending, but it is a yeah. payoff, and it's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, so good. Mar- Marvel, until they start doing it wrong, I got to say Marvel is kicking ass. And hey, maybe they know what they're doing. I need to switch gears before we run out of time. I meant to bring we this up to We are close to. We are damn close, which I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Kudos to us, man. This is, we've literally about finished two overtime episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope yes. our listeners have enjoyed this. I'm going to sleep for a week, but uh, are you caught up with Gotham? Oh, how to put this. Did you give up on Gotham? <sighs> kind of, yeah. Okay, so do you but care if I talk about it a little bit? Nah, you, you say whatever you want Holy about Gotham. Holy shit. I had given up on it uh, accidentally because I don't know what the fuck Fox is doing, but they put it on a long hiatus, so it disappeared for about... Yeah, a month longer than any other show. Like all the shows went, yeah, Christmas, and they stopped. That's fine. That happens. But sure, all the shows I watched came back. And again, I don't, I don't pay for TV, and I don't watch live TV because I've got shit to do. So I watch Hulu. Sure. Um, so I started, I started rewatch. You know, I'm not rewatching. I started watching again all the new episodes uh, of my shows when they came back on Hulu, and I kept checking Gotham, and for weeks. There was nothing new. And finally, I stopped checking it. And then all of a sudden, I was talking to my brother, and he was talking about it, and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> that show didn't get canceled. It's still there. And so I went back and looked, and sure enough, I was like behind three episodes. I was like, oh, okay, I guess the wow. show came back. So I finally finished it. They had their finale last week, I think. Um, mm, okay. Well, depending on when, <laughs> depending on when these episodes get put out, <laughs> Semi recently, they had their finale. Recently, yes. Oh my god! If you have the time, catch up on it. I don't know how far back you are, but like episode three. Oh, you stopped at three, really? Yeah, I just I, they kept doing like to me. It felt like it was just going to be a police procedural that accidentally had Batman in it, and I'm like, I hate police procedurals, so I'm out. Well, okay, and it kind of is. It's basically it's a police procedural amped up to a comic booky level yeah with batman references and batman characters but okay so then maybe you wouldn't like it because it was a good police procedural but as far as the way they've handled the characters some of them mm-hmm. oh my god uh this will be as spoiler free as i can get but to tell you why i'm excited um penguin fan fantastic the way they handle him Okay. Riddler, we we get to see the transition. 
does does he do more than talk about how he's a riddling riddly riddler named Edward Nigma? Oh God, yes. And, Good, because that was like the lowest the point for me with that show. The sequence there was several sequences. You know, there was an arc to him. They did a very mm. good job with his arc. Super okay. good. I didn't see it coming the way they were going with it, and then I did, and then I got to watch it for the last episode or two, and it was brilliant. But okay. not only was it a good arc, they had the the last moment that you get with him. They went with uh, some some cinematography choices that could have been hokey and they border on hokey okay and so maybe it's just the actor but it worked like it was one of those where i was like what are they wait oh okay shit okay okay no it was good it was one of those moments where at first i i literally i saw the hokey first i was like "Mm, really and then by the end of the sequence i was like that was fucking good. Well done. I've kept up. I've kept up on um, like YouTube spits me like things about Gotham every once in a while, and one of the things they spit my way was the reveal of an iconic Batman villain that they revealed. Um, uh, or he may or may not be, but it, it, he does the laugh and the smile, and it's oh, the Joker. Obvious. Oh, okay. So we're spoiling things. Cool. No, uh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not a spoiler. It has not. The Joker has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the storyline of the show. Okay. Yeah. Well, when they had the kid come in mm-hmm. that they're questioning, uh, I watched the scene where they reveal, kind of reveal him, and I thought, like, like the first bit of it, I just remember thinking, God, this is so hokey. Jesus, this is why I don't watch the show. And then the actor kind of turns on it at the very end, like the last minute of the clip. I watched like a three-minute clip, and the last minute, he really turns it around and made it to where I was like, oh, fuck, I might give Gotham a shot. It, but it just tends to be like like the writers just tend, as far as I can tell, are totally content with writing a by-the-numbers cop show that accidentally the actors keep taking over and doing awesome jobs with the Batman <laughs> characters, which just frustrates the shit of me. I'm like, well, why don't you just make it a Batman show? Enough. I don't give a shit about the rest. Just give me a goddamn Batman show and get rid of all this other crap. Here's the thing, and this was something I actually... Um, because the finale was so mind-blowing in some aspects and confusing mm. almost that I actually I, I went to the interwebs because I was curious. I was like, okay, wait a second. Did, did they do this? Is that really what I just saw? And so mm. I, I went and researched, and one of the things that I read was a brilliant way of phrasing it. What Fox did, and successfully, it'll be back for season two, what they did is they literally put on a Batman TV show without Batman. Yes. And it was good. Yes, some of the dialogue is clunky. Yes, some of it is ridiculously on the nose. And yes, there are some hokey-ish moments. Is Jada Pinkett Smith gone yet? Because her character just drove me absolutely Are we going for spoilers or not? I just... Just you could, I suppose you could just nod at me or shake your head. Okay. All right. Um, so there. So yeah. So I, I, I don't know if that will. I don't know if. So I, I don't know if you're willing to give it a shot or not, knowing that. Might, might maybe, maybe not. I'll just we'll leave the spoilers on the floor. But yeah. Yeah. I, there's, there's chances it could be good, and we'll see. Maybe long term they've got some really good ideas for it, and I don't mind the Jim Gordon guy they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Ben. What's the guy's name? 
the main actor, ben ben. Benjamin something. Anyway, that guy, that guy the guy ben. that got playing Benny. Jim Gordon. Benny, Benny, good old Benny, Benny who's Gordon. playing who's playing Jim Gordon is is actually he's good. I like him. Mm-hmm. And uh the Donald Logue Donald Logue's oh, been a favorite Logue. of mine for a while. And he's he was playing a uh, pretty good version of Harvey. So that was I dug it. Uh but again, I hate police procedurals with a passion. Like CSI is getting canceled and I it's almost as awesome to me Wait, that that show is gone. Hold up. What? CSI is in its final season. It's going to go away. All of the iterations? Just the main one. Oh, I so don't know about the others, the but others. the main one is gone. Yeah, CSI New York and Miami and Los Angeles and God knows what else is, is out there. Is is there actually a CSI Cyber? I remember hearing something about CSI Cyber. Yes, there is. Is that still That's a thing? the one that it just started. It uh, It's the one that filmed in my park with Partri- when my dog ah. shit in front of Patricia Arquette's trailer. Okay. They were, yep, that's CSI Cyber that just started. So CSI is not gone, Damn. but the main one, like... Like the f- the the mothership is is going down, so that's that's good. I because I just hate that show. <laughs> I I sorry sorry. Oh, those of you out there that are fans, it's the same goddamn episode every time for however many seasons they've been doing it. It's the same episode. It's kind of the they same. They don't change a uh, damn thing with Law and Order, which I enjoy the Law and Order. Or at least uh, the SVUs are pretty exciting. Um, but there was a thing, and I think we talked about this maybe at a previous episode where, um, my ex and I we used to watch those together. And yeah. there was a there was a moment one time we were watching where they they arrest a guy. And both of us. L- turned and looked at the clock on the wall to see what time it was. And we realized it wasn't close to the end of the hour. And we were like, that's not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because there's too much of a formula. Yeah. No, they 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 it, it's just very formulaic and mm-hmm. that's my problem with crime shows is they always feel the need to end every episode with someone standing going, "Well, we got him." And I'm just like, "Sorry, I watched Daredevil where that never can happen." <laughs> and it's awesome. It's freaking awesome. So, yeah. But uh, yes. Awesome. Well, we did it again, Brian. We're out of time. We are. We are. We're way out of time. <laughs> You're beyond out of time. We did a two-parter. Both of them are extended episodes. So yeah. Um, for those of you that have been listening and enjoy the show, from us, thank you. Uh, and for you guys, if you're enjoying the show, you're welcome because you've got a lot to listen to now. Um, There's a buffet for you, an all-you-can-eat buffet that yeah. never ends now. Yeah, and if, and if you like that, A, you're welcome, and B, you should probably seek professional help. Yes. This one we didn't really flow a lot. This was just Nerdgasm Central. And uh but make sure to check out Balls and Bitches for our uh more current eventy type of what's going on in the world. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or uh I don't know, butcher, uh let us know. If uh, or if you just want to say hi, you know, that's cool too. Or if you have a completely different take on Avengers Age of Ultron and you want to let us know. Feel free to do so. You can reach us on Twitter at DNeighborsBand. We are on Instagram at DownstairsNeighbors, although I'm not going to lie, neither of us are very photogenic, so it's <laughs> true. not a lot of pictures on there. Um, you can send us an email at DownstairsNeighborsBand at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Just search DownstairsNeighbors, two words. And, of course, there's our website, dryrunproductions.net slash finalhour. Uh, we do appreciate you guys listening. 
And, of course, as always, if you wouldn't mind, spread the word with all your friends and family if you think they'd like the show. But this has been Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And we'll catch you next time. And I am Thor of Asgard. Someone clean up this nerd jizz that's everywhere. Don't let me chew up. There's a chorus of opinions. But you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody This has been a Dry Run production.